What's up, Side Stage Podcast? How we doing? My name's Chris. This is Keaton. Alright, so welcome back. What is this? Third episode. Big week this week. Yeah, I know the XFL starting literally in like 2 o'clock p.m. kickoff. It's going to overtake the NFL. That's the joke of the week, guys. <laughs> Dude, I'm ex- I want to watch it. Like, yeah. I remember I was really little when it was around the first time. And I just remember it being brutal. Well, they're supposed to be taking it more serious now, so oh, that's so the whole idea like behind it. Is yeah. Then it was like still I think he had a, one of the players was like he hit me or something like that. Was his name on his jersey? Like they're not doing any of that stuff. And a bunch of them are like, "What is that dude that used to play for Ohio State that won the national championship?" Um, the QB Chandler Jones was that his name? Like for yeah. instance, he's a starter for um, DC. That's the way. Um, so they're Marquise actually Williams that played for Carolina. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, yep. So they're actually trying to. You know, catch the ones that didn't quite make it to the NFL. And who knows, like, the idea, because the CFL sometimes is a feeder league, so it'd be kind of cool if, and I think that's the biggest idea, is they can somehow create a feeder league. So every, you know, major professional sports has that. And Are they going to make it like a D, yeah, like you said, like a D league or whatever? Yeah, right now there's no affiliation with any of the teams. So I'm assuming if uh, it ever takes off and it actually can have some sort of market share, because I don't think anything will ever take the NFL or even take market share from the NFL. Then maybe they can, you know, merge some kind of contract to be able to have feeder teams. Yeah. So right now there's eight teams. So if they ever get to like, I was thinking, I know we're spitballing sports here, but push to 16, then two teams have feeder teams. So that way maybe you run the draft, you know, 11 rounds, 14 rounds deep. So that way from like eight through 14, you start drafting, you can put it on your feeder team. And, oh, okay. You know, yeah, that would be cool. So, yeah, I mean, it would be you know, interesting because the NFL, I mean, that's one of the hardest leagues to break into, I would probably assume globally. I mean, it's. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's not global because there's not so many people playing it. But, yeah, sorry about the XFL talk. It was kind of a joke to begin with, but we got into it. So Anyway. Also, sports, before we move on, I know we talked a little bit about sports, but uh, we got big rival week, Duke Carolina tonight. Oh, yeah. It's going to probably suck, but, hey, yeah. here we go. We'll see. Also, last sports talk, I lost the Super Bowl pick. Oh, I was, yes. I was oh. wrong, so you win that. But anyway, other than sports, big week this week. I know last week we talked about possibly applying for tickets to uh, Summer Nam in Nashville. It's not going to happen um, because I got lucky enough to be able to purchase tickets to the Ghost Inside, their first East Coast show since 2015 in Worcester, Mass. And I could not be more excited. I've heard rumors Tom Brady will be there. Yeah. No. Yeah, I'm just kidding. He's going, to, he's going to Miami, bro. <laughs> no, um, so it's kind of a crazy coincidence how this is working out. But last year on July 13th, they had their first official comeback show in Los Angeles. And one of my other favorite bands around that time, Have Heart, they announced that they were doing a like five or six reunion shows or whatever. And they were going to be playing on the same weekend in Los Angeles. And I was like, dude, I'm going, I have to go to that. Two of my favorite bands coming back. I can't miss it. But I was supposed to be at the beach that week. So I couldn't do anything that week. Well, then, uh, Have Heart posted a second show at the Palladium Outdoors in Worcester, Mass. that I got tickets to. So last year, on almost the exact same weekend as this year, I got to see one of my favorite bands come out of essentially retirement and. It was one of the best days of my life, and then I get to do it all over again one year later, and I could, dude, I'm so excited. It is pretty exciting. Freaking pumped. 
about it. But yeah, man, it's going to be cool. There's five of us going. Originally, it was just me and one other guy. And then I bought three tickets. He bought two. Then, well, actually, the night before, we got another guy talked into going. So there's three of us. And then two other guys have already scooped those tickets up. So now we got to get a flight and a place to stay. But other than that, we're going. That's something that I'd like to do myself is very rarely do I travel to go to see shows other than an hour two hours away. Do you want to go? Mm, no, I'm you're good. You're going that week, aren't you? Yeah. July well, like 11th? Yeah. yeah. I actually, ironically, will probably be at the beach that week. So. <laughs> well, and what's the, funny is, also, I'm going to the beach the following, the week, following yeah. weekend, just like last year. And then, um, y'all need to do a, uh, just real quick, if we keep doing this in podcast, do a from there. So maybe like the night before or even after the show, y'all should hook it up and, you know, just do a podcast based off of the show and all that stuff that y'all are, you yeah. all want to be there. That'd be kind of cool. I would like to do something like that. That'd be cool. Then take then, a couple um, mics and just... I mean, one of the odds, though, that just out of curiosity, I'm assuming... Because are they not working on a new album? It's finished. Okay, so... That's what I announced on the last you're podcast. You're going to probably know more about this than I do because this is kind of one of the bands I've been listening to when we get into that this week. Because um, we both big fans of A Day to Remember. If I'm not mistaken, Jeremy McKinnon's a producer on the new Ghost Inside. Yep, him and uh, Will Putney, my favorite producer. Yeah. So it's kind of like I've been listening to all kinds of stuff and seeing his name pop up left and right as a producer now, and I'm like, that's yeah. pretty cool, man. Like he's, he's uh, it's weird because the guitarist that originally left, Tom Denny, like that producer. was his idea, yeah. and now you hear Jeremy McKinney, McKinney, McKinnon, like everywhere. I like, think he produced the last Ghost Inside album. I'm possibly, pretty sure he did. I think he produced the last, not the last, but the prior, uh, August Burns Red. Really? Yeah, because he actually has a feature on that song, um, or a feature on one of their songs. It was maybe two albums ago or something along those lines. And um, I like I like August Burns Red. Uh, big, I mean, I like what they stand for. They're, even if you're not religious or not, they stand true to their beliefs. They're really nice guys. And but sometimes their music is a little too shreddy for me. Like the guitar players yeah. are amazing, but I mean, sometimes it, you can calm it down a little bit. Yeah. I actually you know? don't listen too much of August Burns Red. And their last album, which was like a speak album. I know a lot of people were turned off, and I didn't really well, care much for it either. So They put out a new single the other day. Yeah, you told me about it. <laughs> oh, my God. Dude, it is one of the best songs I've ever heard. Yeah. Seriously. Now, just out of curiosity, though, because you're pre- pretty excited, one of your favorite bands of all time, they have an amazing story coming back from what happened to them, um, even some of the members losing. Well, the know. drummer lost one of his legs, yeah. Um, so it's just kind of a... Heartwarming, good feel story. Oh, more than yeah, likely, 100%. they're going to put another album out. More than likely, I'm assuming they're going to do a probably a nationwide tour, right? Well, right now, I was watching some stuff with them. You know, like I said, their new album is done, like completely finished. Um, I think they're in the logistic phase, phases of it now. But uh, their drummer was talking the other day. You know, they played two shows, and they want to get back to where they're physically able to do a tour again yeah that makes sense and he then. said their last show was in australia a couple of weeks ago and he said i'm not he's like I'm not just saying this after the next couple of days after those shows were hell said no, it was okay rough yeah. you know but the fact that they're still able to play period is you think they would just if they did a tour i know it sounds crazy but do you think they would actually do a bus again i'd, I'd say so i don't think so i don't believe it's or do you think they had to fly to location to location if they could? Because, I mean, I know we talk Blink. This is our local Blink talk, but Travis still doesn't fly. 
Yeah. So when they go to like Australia, they um have a, a different drummer filling in for them. Really? Yeah. I feel I feel like they'll still use a bus. But I was I, just curious, you know. And what if that's one of the things that's kind of maybe holding off right now on why they haven't yeah. really decided to put one together and they're just doing these one-off shows? We I, kinda don't, I don't know, man. Want to pick their brains, you know? It would be, but like I don't know if they didn't. They haven't said anything about that now, given. It's yeah, been, I'm just. It's been years about since Travis's accident. He's just now starting to talk about it. So yeah, could well, be he wrote that book and everything. So yeah, like he still doesn't. But they haven't released the um, <coughs> support for that show yet. They say they don't know. A bunch of freaking liars. They know exactly <laughs> who it is. They just can't put contractually can't yeah. put it out yet. I mean, what are your overall expectations for the show? Best day of my life. Best day of my life. Okay. There's, I uh, there's footage on YouTube of me at the Have Heart show stage diving, being an idiot, and I, I get made fun of for it from my family and stuff because they just don't get it. But that was one of the ten thousand people at this show. It has to be the biggest hardcore show of all time, and it was bonkers, man. It was it was it was the best day of my life. That's awesome. And I wholeheartedly believe this ghost inside is going to top it. Hey, there you go. It's going to be hard to top, but I wholeheartedly believe they will. Yeah. But And, and one thing is, is kind of lame as it sounds. The Ghost Inside music literally it changed my life for the better, you know? Just the, some of the subject matter he talks, Vigil talks about, stuff like that. It's really, it really is like life-changing. And for, like they say it now, they said the only reason they're even playing shows again is because they feel like they owe it to the fans. People that supported them for that long and stuff, but when they do, when their music did as much for me as yeah. I know it to have, it's nothing. It's not hard to support them, you know. Now, do you think they're going to add any clean or melody to their new album, or you think it's still going to be? Well, they they actually started singing a little bit. That's why I was curious. Yeah, just a little bit, not a whole lot. Because um, I I know it's so weird, and we talk about this all the time, like metalcore and even metal. It's almost a natural evolution. Is, it up. seems like two or three albums in, even you know sometimes shorter, they end up kind of leaning towards singing, going clean, not all the way through. And it kind of builds a different kind of dynamics to it. And, of course, it brings in new fans at that time, and sometimes it turns old fans off. Yeah. And segue into this, because we got tickets also, you'll see the Asking Alexandria headlining tour. And they're old albums. It's nothing but, like, yelling. And I'll be honest with you, some people might have some beef with Danny. Like Danny Worst not, but his old stuff when he used to scream, dude, that dude was probably the best in the business. He hit the lows and lows and the highs and the highs of those just the way he screamed. It was insane. I mean, some of it sound demonic to be honest with you, but like, I've never really liked asking Alexandria. I got my buddy John uh, when I lived in San Diego. Got had like three or four extra tickets for some reason to asking Alexandria, a mirror, and I want to say four today. That could be wrong. Um, and I was like, no, it wasn't for today. That was a different show. But the Amur, and I was like, well, I mean, I like I don't like any of these bands, but I like, kind of like Amur. I used to. Yep. It'd be cool to see them. They freaking didn't show up. They had to cancel <laughs> that show. So I was watching bands I didn't really like. But I will, I mean, during that show, I remember hearing Danny Warstop sing. And I was like, dang, bro, that well, guy's got chops. Like, yeah, now his vocals are even... Well, he put He's out that side album. so much, though. He put out that side album that is awesome. Yeah, it's it great. is. Even his, you know, he put out a couple country albums, or I think one album, maybe. Would you consider that album. country, 
Or not like not the shades of blue. That one's actually more blue. He actually has it's another more album. Bluesy pop. Yeah, he has another album out that's oh, complete country. Oh, yeah, I didn't it's know that. straight yeah. country. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. And um, speaking of that, I know we talked about this last week because Asking Alexander is a pretty cool case because they did have Danny was their lead singer, and I mean I'm not speaking bad on anyone or speaking. It's just kind of stuff out there. It's mostly publicly known, but he had some turmoil with the band. Um, just drugs, alcohol, all kind of things along those lines, um, which eventually led to his departure. Um, but they brought in another guy. I can't remember his name now. I think he's like Russian or Ukraine or something along those lines. And they actually produced an album about him. And that album, in a way, was like... They put an album out kind of about Danny? It's pretty much bashing Danny. Like and now he's back with the majority of that album. Well, like, that guy ended up, his name is Dennis something, but supposedly he didn't end up clicking with the band either. And during this whole time, from my understanding, Danny ended up getting more clean. He also experimented more because he released an album with We Are Harlot, which is pretty much an 80s hair metal band. He released an album with um, his country album, and I think he was working on that Shades of Blue album, or kind of you know just messing around with it. And from, you can, because I follow him on Twitter and read some stuff on him, and more or less he's come to terms and he's actually come back down to earth the way he kind of says it, because it sounded like his, I think they got, if I'm not mistaken, their first album, he was like 16, and they were getting some major recognition even kind of off that, and he he just said it just from there, just more or less all downhill. And you know, you hear stories about it all the time, about stuff you see on tour, stuff you get into on tour, and it changes your life, Yeah. You know? And um, from my understanding, he just his head got too big for him, kind of thing, and he needed a kind of rebalancing. And he actually, I think, some of this you may know who she is. I don't, but there's some really famous Instagram army girl. She's in the Navy. Navy. Okay. Yeah, he I ended up marrying is, her. Yeah. And he actually constantly comments on how she ended up, you know, straightening him out more or less, bringing him to, and I guess maybe even giving him more of a purpose. So then, in, long story short, you know, he went and. Like all old friends do that have fallen out, every once in a while you just got to get back together. Mm-hmm. And he actually had a drink with uh, Ben Bruce, who's so one of the main writers and lead guitarist of the band. And they just kind of cut it again. And I guess they reconciled and came back. And uh, now they've released, I can't remember the album name now. I'm going to say, I think it's maybe just a self-titled album, the one they just released. But um, they had a song called Alone in a Room, which is like number one rock for a long time. Um, com- it's completely different, though. Cause like it's very little like screaming like they used to. The riffs are more, more riffs to be honest with you instead of just chugging like the old stuff used to be. Um, I it's kind of hard to explain. But what's interesting about it is when they were getting together, even Gordon, I think Ben, I was just reading you know read stuff on it not too long ago. But he was big into hair metal at one point. So like it actually kind of influenced even some of this album. But there's a song they have called um, "Moving Along, Move Along" or something like that. It's actually one of their biggest ones. It's on their Death to Destiny album, which is probably their hybrid. That's the album I was telling you about, like how all these bands end up going kind of a little, you know, more soft. And it's straight up like Guns N' Roses. It's actually really cool. Um, I have to play you some of this stuff so you'll kind of know. And then their new album came out. They actually have a song where Danny takes a shot at the industry while he was gone, which is pretty interesting and kind of admitting how people followed in his steps. Now, I don't know how true that is because, I mean, their first album without know what was 2009 so it's not like they were complete trendsetters i would yeah. say but uh 
I gotta get this song real quick. It's bugging me. Moving on. That was it. I will play it in a minute. It's pretty wicked. It's I think maybe the half step down and whatnot. And um, like I said, it reminds me a lot of old kind of like hair metal stuff. But long story short, I'm not a huge fan of Asking Alexandria. Um, some of their stuff I really like. Some of their songs I really like. I'm pretty excited to go see them. Um, yeah, I've I don't really only care seen about Danny. At all, to be We're, honest with you. Oh, dude. You, but you I'm can, really excited to see Wage War. It's really interesting how you don't care about them too much because like asking alexandria was probably outside of a day to remember the first mainstream known metalcore band that i know of and i think it opened the eyes for a lot of people for that industry you know why i don't listen to them why this around the time they came out or like you know kind of got big i was transitioning out of the kind of, I still like the day to remember, but kind of out of that, I don't even know how you, what do you even call the music? The metal scene? Mm-hmm. More into like hardcore music, like have heart, bang, like really like true hard, hardcore music. And um, they were that, that scene band, all those people who wore the dumb clothes, like <laughs> weird stuff, you know what I'm saying? That's And I was like, dude. I could see lyrically too because... They, I don't like their first albums. Like, they have a song about not your average American, and it's talking about American girls being, you know. Yeah, I just I never. So got some it. of their lyrical content, and like I said, it grows up because there's a song, and I gotta play you some of these stuff because it's pretty cool. Because it's one of the few bands I can honestly say, literally aged up. Yeah. From the beginning, because maybe it's just because they got notoriety so quick to what they're doing now. He actually wrote a song about him dying in L.A. Uh, it's called Room 138. It's a wicked song, and he actually is going through this experience of where he's overdosing. And he's on his deathbed, more or less. And he said, because I was watching an interview on it, he contacted the one person he knew in that city, and they were able to get to him in time. But he he was like, this was it. This was it. And he couldn't believe it. He was like, I can't believe this is it. This is the end. And the whole song is that perspective. And it's really cool, because like I said, the old stuff they used to write, you know, lyrically, like, it just didn't really have that kind of, you know, roots to it, kind of feel to it. And then he drops this song, and you're like, dude, he's actually singing through, like, the pain that yeah. he went through. Like, he's singing through these life, you know, altering, changing events. And they still have some of those songs. Like, they wrote a a song, um, like, a, I can't remember what it's called, but a coming out song, like, as in, like, come on to the stage, like, the lights yeah. come on, like, being on stage and performing, kind of like an anthem for themselves. They wrote a song like that still. They wrote a song about taking a shot at the industry, um, on their newest album. And also they got another album coming out, by the way. Um, I'm assuming it's going to come out before this tour starts. Not too sure. But also, just the other bands on there, like you are mentioning Wage War. Dude, I've been diving into them this week. I, I don't know why I haven't listened to them as much as I have. but um, They're good. I like them. Dude, they're really good. But yeah. have you listened to their new album, 2019, Pressure? No. I listened okay. to them a few, in a while, actually. Just for the common theme here, like, I, I, we say soft, but they definitely go... A lot, I guess, softer, <laughs> more clean. But it makes the music... And Jeremy McKinnon actually produced that album, too. And he might have produced the, the prior album. Because um, they were very traditional metalcore prior. You know, heavy, 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 clean, you know, course. Heavy, heavy, clean, course. Maybe clean bridge. It's, it's the probably only kind heavy. of music, bro. And <laughs> then this new one, they came out. And there's some songs on there that... It's just clean. The actual screen, the guy that does the screaming, he actually does clean, too. And he has a sick voice. Because, like, he has that... 
in between clean, but it's got some gruff to it. Almost yeah. like Three Days Grace guy, yeah. where it's just like, I'm just saying, you know, there's almost <laughs> like a distortion to their voice, like a yeah. gravel to it, you know. And, but um, it's pretty, I don't know, the Pressure album, actually all three of their albums, even including their debut album, came out in 2015. They're all just phenomenal. So I'm actually really excited to see Wage War. And then we have, also on that tour, Falling in Reverse, which is the Ronnie Raddick guy. Who's, oh, really? Yeah, and I'm I've pretty, never to them. It's a... You're talking about another just insane story. The dude made the band in jail, so right. that's wild. You know, started. And all those members, I'm assuming, are, all are not with them. No, they're not oh. with them anymore. <laughs> well, he was with the band um, Escape the Fate Yeah. on their first album, and then he went to jail, and they kicked him out kind of thing. So he went and he made Falling in Reverse. So, and some of their stuff, he raps. Like he actually will rap. No, then he'll go that. into heavy stuff. And But you're talking about some heavy breakdowns and stuff. Yeah. They got a song called Guillotine 4. It is nat Like it's straight nasty. It's one of the, I, don't, I, mean, I love it as a breakdown. And the dude is immensely talented. It's just, it's one of those guys you can't really get behind. Like, yeah. kind of like I mean, Johnny who knows? Craig. He might have changed his life too. I'm not sure. But from everything I've read, the open cases of, you know, Sexual misconduct, we'll say that. Because, I mean, I don't know if he was ever accused, but there's just all kinds of people saying, you know, interesting stuff. But as a show, and looking forward to seeing him, because I've looked up live stuff, and the dude, it sounds like he's studio. Like, from everything yeah. I've heard, they put on well, a speaking killer of like, show. Somebody you can't get behind, there's... You ever heard of... You know who Johnny Craig is? I do not. He originally was lead singer of Dance, Gavin Dance, and then Amorosa, oh, okay. and then you. Slaves. He is one of the best singers I've ever heard in my life. He's just a crap human. <laughs> I mean, he's terrible. Like, a while back, he was selling his MacBook. Yeah. And took money from, like, a bunch of people. Never sent them the MacBook. Scammed them. What's funny, the other day, he was actually trying to sell one on Twitter the other day. I'm assuming he's not actually making not, any music now. or Not anymore. He recently just got kicked out of Slaves. Oh, that's the dude that was part of Dance Gavin Down? Like, he has yeah. the big tattoo on his neck and everything? Well, like the big triangle tattoo? Or am I thinking of somewhere different? I'm thinking of somewhere different. Well, the dude was in Slaves he for a long have. time. He was like a redhead, like yeah, oh, almost yeah, yeah. like bright headed. Yeah. And he had this that. massive like tattoo on he the. I have a throat tattoo. I don't know. Like a triangle on his neck. Yeah, he's um he's just a crap human. Um, but yeah, he, I've heard things about him. Didn't he have some? If this is the same dude we're talking about in Slaves, yeah, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, he had some stuff too. Yeah. Well, the new dude for Dance Gavin Dance, guy can still sing. Oh yeah, Pretty good, but, but it's not Johnny Craig. Um, <laughs> but anyway, enough of that. Right now, we're gonna go ahead and get out of the way our um, our music reviews from the last week. Do you want to go first? What do you think about Valley? I'll be honest with you, I struggled. Really? Very hard. Oh, dude, I love that band. So, now. just like that band, and even sometimes you're talking about like the heavy hardcore metal stuff. So, I'll give you an example. You watch a football game, 60 plays, right? Every single play is a run play. You think it's the worst game you've watched. You, you you can't stand it. Now, sometimes, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's some great schemes out there and systems, but I'm just saying it's like, man, you know, if you have a great defense, you're going to zone in and nothing's going to happen. That's what I feel like with that album. Play it's kind of literally together. every song sounds the same. I don't even know if they change any of their time signatures. I mean, don't get me wrong, like, her, when she harmonizes and they, they sound really good, she can do, I mean, she's pretty good on the drums, and musically, I'm not seeing anything like that, but to me, it just comes off flat. Like, I, there's no dynamic to it at all. I don't know. There's something about it I really like. I think, 
it's different. I don't like I don't like that kind of music necessarily. I guess I'm kind of growing to like it, but it's just. Yeah. I have to have, and this is the band I gave you, and that's why I like Twenty One Pops because you're kind of alluding to them being pop, but they have such dynamics in their song. Okay, so, here's my take on Twenty One Pops. I've said this on here before, and I'll say it a million times. I'll I'll die with this sword. I don't like rapping at all. <laughs> He's not bad though. He's not bad. And he doesn't really rap rap, you know. Are you? Are you kidding me? Do you listen to the same band that I was listening to? Yeah, but did you? How many did you listen to? The whole. Did you album? listen to Car Radio? Yeah. Okay. It's not a. It's not a rap song. Did yeah. you listen to Trees? It's not a rap song. He rapped House in of the Gold. Song. It's not a rap song. He's rapping. Trees. He doesn't. Oh, shut up. Car Radio. He doesn't. Yeah, he does. In the no. Song. Well, he kind of does. It's more like a speak. I, That's actually okay. Fast spoken word is yeah. rapping. Dude, but okay. So this is the no, thing. No, shut up. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> he uh that Car Radio song. Was awesome though. That's my favorite song on the entire album. Yeah, it's a banger. Yeah, it was, and like I was listening to it, and there were times I struggled through it. I, I'm, I didn't say I didn't like the album. I thought the album was great. I just don't like rapping. I like <laughs> how their music is so vast. From, yeah, it I goes mean, from one end of the spectrum to the other. It's, it's insanity of dynamics. And to they're me. insane songwriters. That, um, like. I truly believe to this. I'm not always say songwriters because there's a difference between songwriting and just writing lyrics. Well, but I'm I do like think musically, like Tyler Joseph is probably the best lyricist right now in the game. And you're talking about Christianity or religion kind of thing. He he wears it on his sleeve. He literally has a tattoo. Literally wears it on his sleeve. And he alludes to it in one of his songs. Yeah. And he talks about, and this is one of my favorite things about, I know this is going to go complete tangent, and some people probably might even love this, but um, the biggest thing about religion, to me, is the spectrum of doubt. So there's some people that if you have doubt, more or less, it's like, well, you don't believe you're X, Y, or Z. Like, you got to have full, strong faith. And that's one of the hardest things, I think, to do, because it is one of those things you get into where it's like, is it, is it not? And then it's all based off faith. And then, you know, we have these five senses. Well, Tyler Joseph, if you even listen to more of his stuff, that he's he's a Christian. He mentions it in almost all of his books. He has, always has a thanks to God. He actually talks about it. And he drops so many hints in all of his songs. And they're not in your face. And that's probably my favorite part. So, for instance, on the first song, I don't know how close you listen to it. I can't remember the name of that song now. Ode to Sleep. First of all, I can't sleep, hardly. I have trouble sleeping sometimes. The song's having trouble sleeping because his brain won't shut off, more or less. And the things he's running through in that song. But he brings up, I don't know if you remember this, but he says, item number, or denial number three, something like that. I'm item number four. I can't remember how the lyrics are. It's been a while since listening to that album. But he's literally bringing up how Jesus betrayed three times. Mm -hmm. And that was his fourth time in that night. And how he's having doubt with it and that he just betrayed him, but yet he's trying to live with it and come back to the terms with it. Dude, the guy's insane. So yeah. then Car Radio, you're talking about that. I just got to dive in this real quick. Well, I mean, I was listening to that album. And like a lot of it, I kind of zoned out because I listened to it at work in the truck. And it was like zoned out. And then there's one part of that Car Radio song where he's yelling. Yeah, he yells. Like, but it's like, it just, I hadn't heard it yet. And it, it really like, I like perked up. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, dang, that, that sounds awesome. So then I started that song over and really paid a whole lot of attention to the whole song. And it's. Really Did you cool. listen to Holding On to You, though? 
Cause that's, I listen to the whole album. Because he's, you know, piano, yeah. he's doing rap. And that song is actually, from my understanding, again, talking about religion, it's very small in that one, but he talks about, it's obviously battling depression and getting close, you know, to that point, I guess you would say. And um, he actually brings up, and I'm assuming, he's never really clarified this or talked about it, but he brings up the two sides of the brain and talks about how the left side of the brain, which is very analytical, the idea behind it, it's very um, logic-based, I guess you can say, where the right's more feel, hope, and all that good stuff. I mean, so they say artistic, you know, right brain, et cetera, et cetera. And he talks about how, more or less, God has to take over his left side brain. Or that's, you know, kind of how I get him, how I get it, and change the spectrum of, you know, the way he sees. But real quick, just, you know, because I can talk about 21 Pots all day, dude. Tyler Joseph, if you're out there, you hear this, man, you're a beast, and you're talking about changing lives, like that dude. You know, I'm guarantee you he's changed and saved so many lives that you will never, he'll never know. Um, oh, 100%. Actually, when I went to see his concert, uh, the first time I seen him before they blew up, and I had never expected this band to blow up, like, because I was in college, and they were playing on this MTVU, which is like University MTV, and it's a bunch of, at that time, like, bands that were kind of creeping up. Um, at the same time, um, Spotify was really creeping up, and one of my good friends was like, dude, check this band out, and he knew me from knowing Blink and liking rock and before then I really wasn't into really heavy stuff it was just a lot of blink and a lot of rock stuff just plain rock um, Breaking Benjamin Creed well I mean Breaking Benjamin got some heavy stuff but regardless see there I was learning a bunch of stuff out on guitar and um, he was like dude check this song out and he actually played a car radio and I was like man I don't really know about this like at first I was like no nah, I'm not too sure well then it was a couple weeks later um, I heard Holding On To You sitting in the cafeteria and I was like oh, I actually like that one a lot better because the actual lead instrument is piano and yeah. he, the way he does it, you know, nasty drum beat. And then he comes in with a lean with it, rock with it, woman going to stop with it. And it's just kind of a cool build up because <laughs> he slows it down and he keeps saying, entertain my faith through the bridge. And he starts really quiet and then he screams, entertain my faith, which again is just another asking, you know, it's a shout out, which a lot of people come to terms if you, you know, religious, some people have those moments. It's just what it is. And it makes me think of kind of that moment. And then he comes into the verse, and he's literally in the verse challenging the people who's listening to his music, challenging himself to actually use your brain. You know, we have these, use them, you know. And then on top of that, I just got to throw this last one out there because it's a vessel. Um, trees. So I told you to pay attention to that one. We probably didn't. Because uh, that's actually the one of the reasons if I get a tattoo, that's kind of what I base it off of. I actually want to do like up my whole leg, starting the ankle, not the whole leg, but up through the knee. And I want to do just trees, and I want to write hello within the trees, like carved in. All right, so the reason why I want hello carved in is because the breakdown of the song, more or less, or the big climax of it is him screaming hello. And uh, the idea of the trees is the way I take the song. And I'm assuming it goes different to anyone. But um big thing about it is kind of like, you're talking about spiritually is that's the way I see the song the way he wrote it is sometimes where he finds I guess this closeness to more or less God is in nature kind of thing um, and that's how I feel like a lot of times yeah uh, I think that's cool man I really like when music has a lot of like symbolism I think it's um, it, it kind of makes you dive in a little more you know what I'm saying Yep. It really makes you look at the music for more than more than just the outer layer. Like a thing I a problem I have with people that listen to a lot of music that's 
kind of superficial is all they're looking for is a, a good beat. You know, I don't know if you ever listened to Blues Traveler, but here and there, they have a song called Hook, and that's what the song's about. The song's about, um, well, the chorus is the hook. The first chorus is the hook brings you back. It's talking about no one cares about what a song says. No one cares about what it anything really other than if it's got a sick hook. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? If it's got a cool beat, and that I I like music with sustenance. And I'm just going to expand on this a little more because this song, when they actually close all their shows, they close with trees. Um, they actually go out. So the first, it's about a four, five minute song. Um, the way he starts it, it's on like this weird, tiny little piano thing, keyboard. It's like shrink too. It's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just kind of a four chord or five chord or whatever progression. And like I said, it's actually pretty, it starts out with just that in the very beginning. Then the drums come in, and then he expands on a little more. They add more music to it. They add more flair to it. His vocals kind of go up and you know a notch. Cause it's kind of very quiet spoken. And then by the end of it, he's literally screaming out, "Hello!" So like the idea behind it, like I was kind of alluding to, is he's he's more or less screaming out to not only the audience and you. And that's one reason why they close it. But for him, to me, it kind of comes off spiritually, yeah. kind of like where are you at. And then through the big, most of the song, he's kind of saying hello, looking for the answer. And by the end of the song, he's saying hello with like. I get the confidence that he knows what the answer is. Um, and they come out on stage, though. they off the stage, and they get these little platforms. And they take the big, massive, what is it called? The floor tom? Mm-hmm. They take two of them, and they put them on these stages. The fans hold it up, and then them two climb on top of the fans onto it. Sounds heavy. And they're, yeah, it probably is. <laughs> and they're both suspended in the air in front, like kind of where the pit area is. And they got those big drumsticks with the big old fluffy balls at the end. Mallets. Yeah. <laughs> and they just go there and they play the last drum beat. Like there's a big drum, I guess, section towards the end to close the song off. And when they're doing that, then they add the fans in because they'll sit there and they'll throw their hands up and they're like, hey, you know, everyone does it at the same time. And then when that happens, they just like blow confetti everywhere. So it's just really, really cool climax. And also just going off this tattoo, this is your, you know, other, if I ever get it. Uh, I'm going to add a UFO behind one of the trees. I'm going to write 182 on the bottom of the saucer. So that way I can have a call out to like some of the biggest influences. But regardless, 21 Pots, man. Them guys, phenomenal band. Yeah, enough about 21 Pots. So. We, know, we know you like those guys. Uh, all right, let's do this. We haven't done it yet, and I don't know why we haven't. But we're going to do this quickly, and we're going to get this over with because I'm sure you're tired of hearing us talk. Top five bands, go. Shoot, you go first. Let me think for a minute. Oh, come on, dude. All right, well, let's just start with one. Mine's Blink, at least, and that just goes all the way back. Blink, my number one. Blink. All right, number two, I got to think on this one. The Ghost Inside, hands down. No question about it. I would probably say, because this is always a moving list, and I want to forget some of the bands that probably a day to remember, we'll say. They're on my list, not at number two. Number three, hmm. Counterparts. That's my, an easy one. I don't know why I even <laughs> thought about that. That's easy. Actually, I'm going to revise this already. 21 Pots would be my number two. Dude, you can't change it. You already said number two. Two would be 21 Pots. Three <laughs> would be a, down, a day to remember. Yeah. All right. Four. See, this. I have th- the top three are easy. Those are like concrete. They're not changing. <laughs> four and five change fairly often. You know? Yep. Um, four. It prevails. Not okay. I prevail. It prevails. It prevails was way before I prevail ever thought about being. 
and they have an album called The Inspiration, which, in my opinion, is the best album ever written. Okay. My number four would be Alter Bridge. I think Tremonti's probably the best guitarist alive right now, and dude can shred. Actually, let's say number four is Tremonti, because his Just solo himself, crap. Yeah. His solo stuff is phenomenal as well. All right. Five. I'm going to go with the day to remember at five. My number five. Okay. I'm looking through my thing real quick just to make sure I don't actually uh You can't change it. Miss a band. You can't you can't change Cause it. Because <laughs> I've never really thought about as being because I'm the way I think of it as influ- influential and in how I listen to music, how I perceive music, how many times I've come back to certain albums. And this band it's the only one I can think of that I've come back to quite a bit. And that's System of a Down. Really? Dude, no, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. No, I'm not I I'm love not talking, their I'm not dual album Mesmerize and Hypnotize. Dude, those two albums, and uh, what's the Chop Suey album? God, I can't even remember that album yeah, name. I'm not like talking bad about them, but all time, really? Dude, I listened to a bunch of System of Down when the, I was in high school. The Chop school. Suey album was sick. And, and I mean, it was that was when I was little. I That's still one of the think first heavier bands I ever listened to, but top five, really? And Surge, honestly, is I mean, all of those band members are phenomenal, and some of the lyrical content that they write about because they're from Lebanon, I believe or the roots are, and actually, um, I know it's somehow connected to Turkey and bringing up Noah's Ark in one of their songs, which you don't know about. It's what the Holy Mountains are, by the way, if anyone wants to know. It's about the genocide of Lebanon um, and crossing whatever that river is to get to the Holy Mountains, which was supposedly the mountain that Noah crashed his ark on. Um, okay. So there's just a lot of folklore and stuff, and it's kind of interesting how they all ended up meeting in L.A. and all kind of had the same ethic background to some extent, are you and good? then went on to write. Just phenomenal. Oh, you get one more honorable mention. Go. Here you go again, so this way I can think about it. My honorable mention is uh, Misery Signals, but and anybody that listens to Counterparts, you have to like Misery Signals because that's they're like Counterparts is Misery Signals 2.0, but it's really only one album. Uh, the of Malice and the Magnum Heart, their first album came out in 2004. It's one of the best metalcore albums ever written. Um, but that's my honorable mention. God, man. See, this is... Man, I'm going to have to say Song 41. I can get behind that. I love me some Song 41. I, I can definitely... Dude, okay. I found out the other day. It's not Song 41. But Megan, my fiance, does not like any of the music I listen to. Not even a little bit. But I found out she really likes Simple Plan. And I was like, <laughs> you know what? I can get behind that. I love Simple Plan. <laughs> so finally we have, I mean, we both really like country music and stuff like that. So we have that in common. But finally we have some rock music in common. So, Well, my uh, wife, Megan, at she at one of her favorite bands, Paramore. And I can get, I can get behind, can get behind Paramore. Haley yeah. Williams, she's also religious. I know we're going to love this talk. I just think it's really cool because they do a good job at not throwing it in your face. But yet she's still... You know, the only thing I care about her is she used to be married to Chad Gilbert. Yep, from Newfound Glory. (laughs) Well, I know Chad Gilbert from also Newfound Glory, but Shahulud, which is one of the most influential hardcore bands of all time. But Paramore was probably the first, and I slightly kind of followed suit, but they were kind of more heavy. But Paramore kind of had a punk alternative in your face, and they actually got you know pretty popular off of it. And I went and saw them live, and they they were a great show live too. So. And oh, I've heard with that, that being fantastic. said, for her listening to Paramore, 
it kind of opened up. I'm going to open her up to being able to like some of the more stuff, you know, that I enjoy. Um, and then here's a hint for you. I mean, she's probably not going to like Deathcore, you know, and that Unfortunately heavy, heavy stuff. Unfortunately not. But bands like A Day to Remember, for instance, you know, who are the in-between, start somewhere with I, I Surrender, for yeah. instance. Well, there's some stuff. Or Leave I... All the Lights On, or then even their acoustic song, which I can't remember the name on it, on that album, Comic well, There's some stuff I've way. played that she, she does, like, I'll see her, like, kind of humming along to. Yeah. But, but I'm just saying, the like. The minute they scream, I started over. her on this A Day to Remember. And I can't remember what song it was. And some of them she was like, and then I was playing Sometimes You're the Hammer, Sometimes You're Nail. Yeah. Also, by the way, if you did top five songs of all time, that's been my top five. I love that song. We'll do that next episode. And then, um, <laughs> long story, like, she was just like singing the, uh, what do you call it, the bridge into the post course. And I'm like, heck yeah. Because that song was a good balance of both because it's the screaming and it's the cleans. The and minute I love the it. vocalist screams, she's out. <laughs> there's, not, I mean, there's not even like a, a second, she's like, nope. Uh-uh. By the way, it's over with. I know you're older, a day to remember fan. There's a bunch of a day to remember, a day to remember fans that may listen to this, and everybody goes with, uh, what is it? Highway is thinking of the end. Is that the album name, or is that the song on the album? That's a song. Mister um, Highway's thinking. Don't fall of us all. I see album right, and the song name or whatever it is. Everybody goes to that album as being the best a day to remember, and if it has the song, if it means a lot to you, which I think is their first platinum um, certified platinum. I believe song, um, but Common Courtesy is their best album. That's a good one. I really like. Um, I think they Ocala, have or City of Ocala. That's that's Common Courtesy album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just think that's one of the best opening songs yeah. I've ever heard. And on then it an goes album. right into right back at it again. Yeah, like because like, it's psh. it's like most albums. I, I like to get into why a band puts songs in order in what order they're played in. Yeah, and a lot of times it's. You want to start off with a banger, work your way into, I'm not going to say not so good, but not so uplifting, but then towards the end of the album, you really want to bring them back up, because music evokes emotion, so you want to get them on an upswing in emotion towards the end of that album, so make them think, I want to feel that again, I want to listen <laughs> to that again, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like it, um, that album, the way it was put together, with that being the, fir- the opener to that album is it's unreal it's just it's one of the probably the best opening song on an album i've ever heard if i'm not mistaken i mean i love the album first of all that's the album that got me hooked on data memory and then i went through the backlog um probably my favorite data memory song by the way i said top five it was sometimes you're the hammer sometimes you're the nail i love that song and it probably is a top five song but UB tells i you sonic dude that's a good one yeah i love that song but um it ends on the same book but never the same page Mm-hmm. That album does, but I don't know if it was a deluxe. If you got that song, only if you bought the deluxe album, because this uh, is a sixteen-song album, and it's also their first song or their first CD that they released by themselves, because they were going with the whole lawsuit on with Victory and everything, and the album was done for years, from my understanding. So, but yeah, I love that album. That's why they're. What did I say? Number three. <laughs> Can't even All right, that. so we gotta wrap this up. Um, gear talk for this week. We this is being recorded on a. Um, I will say real quick, just gear talk. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you you go first. I thought you were just saying being blown recorded by. on a Sterling SB150 mic. Um, that's something we're trying out some new mics. See if we can get a better sound. Um, so that that's our gear talk for the week. Uh, we'll see how. Well, it no, sounds. that's what you're saying. That's what I was saying. That's what you're going for. 
Uh, I changed. Like I told you earlier, but we'll talk about it real quick. I put some twelves uh, all the way to fifty six on my ESP. Um, tuned it low. To what? Right now, I just have it in C sharp. Okay. I gotta get it set up because if I go to drop C, it still has what do you call it? Like a little bit of looseness on the top string. Yeah. A um, little bit of bounce, a little bit of kind of spongy. Spongy. So yeah. it still can play in drop C, but I have to like remember to play it softly because if you don't, then you just <laughs> just but regardless I put some 12s on it I just put some Ernie Balls on there I think they're power slinkies maybe yeah that's um, what the 12s are in Ernie Balls but if anyone hears this and has some jizzing for strings I'm so open to that so no no the 12 Ernie Balls are the mammoth slinkies that's what I have right here is right it mammoth yeah. okay um, the power yeah. might be just the 11s then so this these mics we're recording in um, for the last three episodes I've been trying to find the best sound I've been practicing talking to myself in my house. You shouldn't admit that. I don't care. <laughs> and uh, I've realized the problem with my voice, it's my voice just sucks. Your that voice just mine. comes through a lot clearer than I mine. I that. mumble and I'm very monotone. I so I'm doing the best I can, guys. I'm new to this. I'm just learning. But yeah, I think that's all we got. I, well, okay, maybe not. Just real quick. Just pick an album. We got to figure oh, it out. Oh, God. Uh, and I'm trying to think of myself. I like that I go to recent releases a lot of times, or upcoming releases, and pick like Lizzo. That's how that came to be. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you one. You don't, well, you like Americana. Um, Tyler Childers. Okay. His new album. All right, I'm going to give you one. This will be kind of fun for you. Uh, the Birds of Prey, various artists. It's the movie coming out from DC. I want you to listen to that album. Because it's like a, oh, by the way, is Lamp of God coming out with a new album? Don't know, don't like that band. Oh, I just know. But uh, <laughs> they have <laughs> all kinds of songs on here from people I don't know. CYN, Halsey, Juicy Foot, K-Flay, Sophie Tucker. I'm probably butchering this enunciations. So, so yeah, it's the just <laughs> compilation text, album. Just text it to me because I'm not going to remember <laughs> that. All right, y'all. Appreciate it. Have a good day.